Ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between, I'm Orion Lavelle. I'm Travis Mattingly. And you're listening to Tooth and Nail, a monstrous podcast. We're both sick as shit, y'all. Yeah! Yeah! It's that time of year. Gross throat sounds! Mm-hmm. It gets all phlegmy <laughs> and, like, crusty and stuff. Yeah, just nothing but dryness all mm-hmm. down my whole esophagus. Oh, yeah, and then the orange juice just makes it burn. <laughs> and that's not good either. So we're gross. Um, we've, we've done our respective best to make ourselves not gross, but every now and again, you might hear a human sound. That's just, that's just nature, baby. That's just what it comes down to. We're talking about the birds and the bees. Orion can't edit out every gross sound we make. No. <laughs> that would be... In fact, I'll edit out none of them. It's, it's unplugged, <laughs> this is the one. baby. We gave, like, the preamble, so mm-hmm. now you don't have to edit yeah, any so of now, it. Yeah, so now I've, I've basically <laughs> just saved myself an hour, so good job, past me. Uh, but we're talking about a very special kind of demon. This kind of demon can get sick because it's probably just like dead, right? Like yeah, something like that. I think it is. I don't know the full like. I again, boy, I wish we just got more stuff about the <laughs> demons. We're talking about the shadow demon, which is kind of not quite a demon, not quite a ghost. Uh, it is like a like a spirit. You know. Of a demon. Yeah, the spirit of a demon. It's like Voldemort in the first Harry Potter book. Um, and and like Harry Potter, we're going to be blown over by this demon uh, and we'll land on our butt. And then we'll wake up in the hospital sometime later. <laughs> Just like Harry. Uh, no, it's like... it. it so, so, from the lore perspective, it is kind of this interesting, like... Um, like net, like it's the catcher of the rye, where the rye is the spirit of a demon. Ah, and yes. this is, so it's like that the end state where you know if you don't get eaten, if you don't, you know, if your if your soul isn't quite up to the task of getting back to the abyss for some reason, like if you've been like spiritually imprisoned or something, this is kind of what happens. I don't know. It's a little weird and metaphysical. I I would like. You know, maybe I maybe you know a little bit more about the extended stuff. From what we get in the book, it's kind of just like a forced ghost, not a forced ghost, not like <laughs> a ghost of the forest, but like a forced ghost in the Star Wars sense, where it's like fuck it. Oh, I thought you meant like a forced like C E D. Oh, oh, <laughs> like because it is. Just so it is kind well. of just like a forced <laughs> ghost. <laughs> But I like it mechanically. I, it's basically like this is the thing that splits the difference between an undead creature and a demon creature, and I'm yeah. kind of here for it. Like, it's got some neat little quirks to it, and it's early enough in the power curve that it's nice to get a really interesting monster this early on. So it's only a CR4 monster. To me, it's kind of nice to get, like, a weird one like this for the early game. Yeah, this is one of the ones that is way easier for players to summon, too. Yeah. So that makes them a lot more accessible. Yeah, yeah. Read, read, uh, read Critical Role. Where I think this, I, I'm, I feel like C team. I know for sure did. Isn't that thing that operated? Isn't that thing that Percy got? Ain't that a shadow demon? I don't remember. Oh, maybe I hadn't considered actually what. I, I mean, I'm was. sure because obviously, like, there's a level whatever split, yeah. and I imagine it was just turned up. But I feel like that is kind of what they were, what the, what the minds behind Critical Role in their writing room. I feel like that is what they were going for. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know Shadow Demons. My first introduction was on the C team, where mm. one of the characters summoned one, and the DM named him the Grave of Men was his name. Ooh. And now my like flavor of Shadow Demons is tainted forever because that's the only one I know. 
That's, that, that's a pretty good rad Dark Souls name. He's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So watch C-Team. <laughs> Stop listening to Susan. Stop listening watch to Watch C-Team. But I like it. It's like a rogue demon. So it, you know, without any more faffing around, yeah. let's actually talk about what's going on. Yeah. So artistically, we got ourselves a Final Fantasy-ass monster here, to my estimation. This looks almost exactly like uh, Diablo from Final Fantasy VIII. Is that what it's called? I can't remember if it's called Diablo or if I'm just thinking about Diablo. I don't know, because I didn't really play Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, man. It does, it does look like three of the in incarnations of Ifrit that I can think of. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It feels like a... It does. It feels like a like an Oni Devil of some kind, right? With, like, the long lower tusks and the very long horns. Yeah. It feels... Yeah, it kind of feels Japanese in, in <laughs> mythological heritage, right? Yeah. Uh, which is like interesting. I like it. It's the it reminds me of the argument that I made for the ballet, where every now and again it's nice to have something that feels a little bit more like Eastern in in mythological tie, right? Yeah, it's it's hard to tell what they're what exactly they were going for with this because like you could say that maybe they were going for like an orcish goblin thing, but that doesn't super make sense. It's so lithe, right? Like Yeah, like the the body is just kind of like yeah. athletic and long yeah. and the face is just really like yeah. chunky and orky. Yeah. I think uh, yeah, I mean like and yeah, I I I do I'm I'm I I feel quite quite yeah, I mean so it's got like the upturned orcish nose. So there's some there some orc quality to that. Mm -hmm. Um, but like the tusks and the horns and like the very long ears, it doesn't quite read like an orc. Right. Um, it does kind of just feel like a traditional mythological demon and yeah. that's pretty cool for me. Like that, that for me feels quite good. Yes. <laughs> it's more or less, uh, like charcoal colored. Um, it's like, it, it's presents itself as a shadow would. This is that fine time-honored tradition of shadow magic <laughs> that D&D &D gets really into. Uh, I don't, yes. like, whatever, whatever. Whatever that means. Whatever does it for you, <laughs> Wizards of the Coast, whatever you gotta do. And this is this is one of those. I think, it doesn't this tie into uh, a couple of spells, that kind of, the, that umbromancy kind of thing? Like, can't... Uh, that, that, well, there's, like, a, a subclass of sorcerers yeah, can't that, that do shadow magic, do that? but... I mean, like, warlocks can summon these. I think, uh, yeah, I think they can do yeah. that as well. Uh, it, <laughs> it also has, like, a, a couple of big old wings, a couple of bat-like. Um, they're almost, like, too tattered to function, right? Like, they're... Yeah, they do They do seem kind of, like, remnants of wings. They don't They don't necessarily look like ethereal smoke. They, yeah. they look like they're literally tattered. Yeah, but they're not, but... like, tattered in the traditional sense. Like, the upper ridge of them are... Also, like, also like tattered yeah. and falling apart. And it's interesting. I can't quite make out because it's all one color. I can't totally make out what's going on. Uh, but it kind of just looks like 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 tree, like vines kind of amalgamating into wings. If you kind of like zoom in, it looks a little bit like the wings are like a cloak that mm. is turned into wings. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like that Bloodborne <laughs> boss where its back is <laughs> where, the cloak. Yeah, where its back is a cloak. It, it does sort of look like it's a cloak that turns into tattered wings. Or like Diablo 4 where its back is a cloak. Ah, hey. Right. <laughs> yeah, timely. Yeah, timely and linking <laughs> together that Diablo thing. Uh, so I'll see you in three weeks where this is no longer relevant. <laughs> 
Uh, so so there, that's what's going on with the front half. And then the bottom half, it is just long. <laughs> yes. It's just a ghost. Like, it just goes. It just turns into a long, like, wisp, which is kind yeah. of a fun little design it's very decision. Cute. Yeah, it almost <laughs> reminds me of, um, Jesus, that one Akira Toriyama, uh, Blue Dragon. Do you remember that RPG? The the RPG Blue Dragon? Yeah, the yeah, RPG do, Blue I Dragon. Know, I do know what you're talking I never uh, played it, but I know what you're talking about. I swear there was a couple of characters that had that kind of quality where it, it, it <laughs> almost looked like a cartoon version of this. I didn't play that game either, but it's like stuck in my I brain. Was, I, saw, I was one of those kids that picked it up every hundreds of times I saw it at Family Video and yeah. then never rented it. Nice. <laughs> Uh, so, so yes, we got ourselves a blue dragon, um, <laughs> it's arm, and as mentioned, like, it's arms are quite elongated, it's hands are very slender and bony and such. Um, I don't know, there isn't a whole lot to mention. I kind of wish I, we could get a, a better peep at that ghost lower half. Yeah, because right? like, even in, like, the full expanded art for it, it just tails off, it yeah. just drifts yeah. into nothing. Its wings kind of go along with it as well, the bottoms of its wings just kind of trail off as yeah. well. Kind of fade out like that meme, and I I kind of would like to see where it's so like you know the upper bit of it. I, it's the same same thing I said about the centaurs where I kind of want to see the musculature of the person <laughs> fused to the horse. I kind of want to see what happens where you just along a dude shape into just like a ghost tail. Well, past editions had a few different ways of tackling it. Yeah. Uh, fourth edition just made it longer. Yeah, it's just tall. It's like yeah, that looks twenty feet tall of just long body. Yeah, the fourth edition one looks quite even more cartoonish and de- demonic. Yeah, it looks like it looks like a doom monster kind yeah, of. Yeah, kind of. You know, kind of rocks. That's and then what we're going for. third edition, it had legs. Oh, uh, they d- they also just trailed off at the end though. It looks like, but it had legs. Thus implying that this version has legs as well, just way the fuck down somewhere. <laughs> way down. Yeah. And then I showed you second edition. Oh, yeah. That's super fucking cool. Second edition looks awesome. Second edition looks like a Sandman comic. Like, it looks like Serious House on Serious Earth. Like, it looks like Arkham Asylum. It's like... super cool. If, like, stop everything. Just yeah. go look at second edition Shadow Demons. It looks like a horror novel for sure. It's so cool. It's got like, <laughs> it's like a skeleton, but is also ethereal and translucent to an extent, but it still has like the bat wings. It looks really, really yeah, the, awesome. The idea of this being a shadow walking along the wall is so fucking dope. Yeah. <laughs> like this, this might be my new favorite of the second edition designs. Oh yeah. Um, it's real cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very good. And then first edition. And then first edition. <laughs> There's a little Spectre Boy. Like, yeah, it's just like a ghost <laughs> with a buff ghost. Uh, which, you know, Cloaker still wins out as my favorite first edition one. That's very fair. But yeah, that's what we've got going on here. Um, I kind of like the idea that it just kind of fades out. Like, it, it's there's so, like, the thing that feels cool to me about the second edition design is that it, it kind of looks like a 90s... Thing, right like it looks like the technology is not quite there to get what they're going for but it so it feels like kind of grungy in a way yeah i know what you mean it looks like um uh this is maybe you won't feel this way but it sort of looks like the comic book cover for something like todd mcfarlane would design a little bit yeah like there's it's weird so it feels more like like pretentious to me than that like right like so it feels much more like neil neil gaiman than todd mcfarlane i'll give you that but that's kind of why i like how it fades out in the fifth edition thing as well because Mm -hmm. it feels like you know it kind of feels like a little like a little little goofier little yeah yeah and i kind of like that uh which which is neat and interesting 
<laughs> trying to, yeah, just trying to describe that to the players menacingly, and and then the bottom half he just kind of tapers off into a ghost thing. Well, I imagine <laughs> you can do the kind of slow dawning horror thing where like, and then your shadow doesn't move. Whoa, <laughs> right? So that could be there could be some fun to that. I kind of like the idea of it just like in play, like the butt of it is just attached to whatever player is closest or something. That does make or sense. Most yeah. relevant. Uh, so so there's some fun there. Truthfully, like, it's kind of a simple design. Like, I feel like I've seen, you know, like I mentioned, like, Blue Dragon, Final Fantasy. I feel like I've seen this kind of monster before. Mm -hmm. uh, so there, I, I feel like there's not too much to discuss about what it is. And then even what is there? Like, it doesn't even have any bangles. <laughs> what are we going to talk about? That's true. It, it doesn't fit in with regular demon society. Therefore, it doesn't get its bangles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, it does, it's like head... It's got like hair or something. I can't again, like since it's all Well this is really one low res color, here. I can't it does sort of look like hair though. Like cause yeah. there's a hairline almost. That's kinda neat. I do kinda like the idea. You know, I like that it is kind of so slight. It feels like at one point you know, it feels like it's a wisp of a bigger demon, which is kind of interesting. So like I right. like how the horns are disproportionate as well. Because it kind of suggests, like, oh, at one point this might have been, like, a Glabretsu or something, like a big buff demon where everything is proportional. Right. And now it just has, like, the remnants of what it once was. Uh, and perhaps you could customize the shadow demon such that it is just kind of an empty husk of a, or, like, a weaker version of what its previous form was. That would make sense, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say this would make sense if it had, like, the shapeshifter tag, but it doesn't. No, it doesn't. But whatever, fuck it. Then yeah. the rules. Yeah. It's your D&D game, Buster. In terms of the lore, we get some interesting details. Again, like, this is kind of an, a neat little monster. So basically how it works is, as the book tells us, when a demon's body is destroyed, but the fiend is prevented from reforming in the, in the abyss, its essence sometimes takes on a vague physical form. And these, this, this physical form, the shadow demon, they kind of, like... They, they're they like outliers, right? They're the wild cards. They don't really fit into the hierarchy since usually, you know, they are accidentally created by mortal magic is what the book tells us. It doesn't really go into much detail. It, this feels like it's, a, you know, like like I mentioned before, it's the the edge case. It is the net that, you know, even if, even you know, in the, in the flow chart that is, I'm a demon, this is my natural cycle of life. If something accidental happens where I don't get to go into that, death or rebirth or feed into the energy of another demon this is what happens right this is the abomination that occurs yeah and that's kind of neat like i'm always down for the the like accidental third thing right like the the like safe the cosmic safety net for like <laughs> this is what happens when the natural order doesn't occur but we need something to exist otherwise like the universe kerplodes i do like the idea of um this kind of like weird thing happening to the players like because they kill a demon and then yeah. they go to chase it into the abyss to find it and then they just like can't yeah find it <laughs> and they're yeah. like uh <laughs> yeah like that could be an interesting continuation of an arc right where like you go and fight this big evil warlock who summoned this big evil demon and then the warlock does some crazy esoteric magic to keep the demon that you've slaughtered from going back into the abyss and now there's like even if, even if you beat up the warlock there's still this strange like kind of corrupt entity somewhere around that maybe even the other demon like if, if you 
decide like, oh, we got to go and fight this demon. You go into the abyss and even the other demons are like, oh, you're talking about the straight, the, <laughs> the shadow that walks among the plains. And you're like, no, I'm talking about the big ugly. It's got big horns. Like big, is that? <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> Yeah, so that could be kind of an interesting, you know, round two kind of thing if you're, if, if for some reason you're like really into this demon you've made. Well, it's, I imagine it would be, have, you would have to do it on like one that has come back before. Yeah. Right? Like this would probably be a good, like, it died and then it came back and then it, they had to fight it again. So uh, <laughs> almost like a joke, right? Like here's round three, baby. Yeah, round go. three. All right, we have to go to the abyss to kill it once and for all. But yeah. like, then plans are fucked up because it's not itself anymore. Yeah. Or even like, this could be a good watchman at like the Ozymandias thing where it's like, no matter what, I've already set, you know, magic on this demon where no matter, even if you kill it here, it's still going to exist somewhere else. Like you cannot stop me. That could be kind of an interesting pull for it as well. Um, I do kind of like this thing. I, I like the idea that the demon, you know, like, like demon morphology is so abhors order so much that even if it like is launched outside of the natural like cycle of its existence it'll yeah. still continue to exist in some way because fuck it yeah the the it's funny because like the old kind of the ecology the explanation for these things is almost exactly how it is now except it's even more vague it's like sometimes when a demon was destroyed their demonic essence is released but incapable of reforming for whatever reason. <laughs> and then it says that the unfiltered evil is channeled back into the abyss and given this insubstantial form. Yeah. And it's just like, no one can control them. They're just evil because, and they are more powerful because. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so like, I've been trying to think of cool ways to make the Shadow Demon cool because I kind of like it mechanically. And so I've been kind of, you know... Look, reaching for ways to 90 percent of the demons you have to make cool yourself that's just how it works that's true i feel like <laughs> this one is particularly like the shadow demon and it's kind of you know it's a little too like all right the most powerful <laughs> <laughs> you cannot look this is the first demon that doesn't fit in with the regular demon society and that makes it cooler than half of the other ones in my book already <laughs> but i think that's kind of what they're going for right like i i can see this kind of being like the OC do not steal of demons in oh, a way sure. like the like no it's my special third thing that is completely different from any other kind of demon. I think I I've I've started to like I used to be like oh poo poo on the like edge lord OC do not steal DD, but I've come full circle on it. <laughs> I'm back to like, you know what? Fuck it. Have yeah. five katanas. Have five whatever. Kata have fun. Fuck <laughs> it. Yeah, you know what? It's cool for a reason. <laughs> sure sure so like so so i yeah i can see a world where it's fun i like it mechanically enough that i want to make it work regardless i do wish that there was just a little bit more about the way that this can occur right. so it feels a little bit more you know of a part with the rest of the lore as opposed to just here's my cool interesting thing here's my demon. <laughs> yeah that's that's fair yeah uh in terms of its, like, habitual stuff, we learn pretty, you know, pretty pretty typical undead ghost kind of stuff about the Shadow Demon, such that, you know, they, they disappear into the darkness. They're, you know, preternaturally inclined to hide in the darkness, and we find that to be mechanically true as well. They creep around without making a sound. They, they use their claws to feast on a victim's fears and to taste its memories and drink in its sweet, sweet doubts. <laughs> 
So that's good and fun. Yeah. Uh, we, and kind of, again, I feel like this is typical for ghosts as well. I think that there's some kind of like sapping of emotional kind of soul stuff as well going on. It feels, I feel like this is, you know, it feels like mythologically classical, yeah. right? Like it feels like, you know, this is the, the ghost demon that feels, you know, when you're sad, it eats your sadness. It and eats becomes your sad- yeah, that fe- it feels a lot more traditional than like the kind of new wave stereotype of just kind of like, I want to eat the flesh of man. Yeah. Like, yeah, it does feel a bit more, um, yeah. Uh, folklore. Yeah. And I, I kind of dig it for that reason. Yeah. Right. Like for, for every, you know, for all of the, like, this is my special third thing. It's a shadow demon. <laughs> I, there is kind of like a nice classical basis for this demon. That is kind of interesting. And I like it. Yeah. Um, and as with any good folklore monster, it has weaknesses, right? So bright light will, uh, you know, cause it to, to run away. It'll weaken it, which we find to be mechanically true. Um, and the explanation given for that, uh, in older editions is actually pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, <laughs> and this is a different pull. It's Alan Wake rules. Oh, um, where you, with so light, you turns it into it, like they a become person. solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, that's uh, we, I said before when we were just kind of talking off that they look a lot more solid in this edition than they do in the other ones. Cause mm-hmm. they're more ghastly mm-hmm. and it kind of works that way where if they are in light, they're like solid beings. But when they're, when they're in dim or darkness, they are shadows more against ethereal. the wall, more ethereal. And Ooh, cool. I think that's neat. Just yeah. the, you, you put your stick that has light casts on it toward them and suddenly. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I'm yeah. Lu- Luigi's mansion is good for me. <laughs> I, I like that. I hadn't even thought about Luigi's mansion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that is what we get out of this artistic representation here. Cause as the book says, once they're thrown into white light, their bodies solidify from like a blob of darkness into like a, a full ass creature. Whose, whose tails kind of drift off into nothing. So, yeah. you know, make make whatever of that you can with what you want to do for its your D&D game. <laughs> Welcome back to Drunken Ale. Welcome to Drunken Ale. <laughs> and then very lastly, we get the undead thing where uh, they don't need to eat or drink or sleep ah. because of... <laughs> he is a shadow. Because of shadow, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it eats, it eats pain. It doesn't need to eat food. That's true. That's true. And yeah, so it's interesting. So like mortal magic, this means that you could like, this could be the thing you summon in, right? Like this could be like, you know, this, this Glibretsu isn't working for me, but I can bind its soul to the material plane. And when we kill it, we'll get the shadow demon instead. That's a lot more subservient. That kind of could be a, I'm trying to come up with adventure hooks for this weird edge case monster. Yeah. I mean, yes, there's that. It is also just kind of a good, like it's a good what's what's the word for this not peter pan them i guess peter pan kind them. Of peter pan them it's kind of peter pan them like just kind of maybe they like open a chest like there's literally like a curse on a chest that you mm. one of these things has been like trapped in this chest and when you open it if you don't notice suddenly this thing is now your shadow you, yeah you peter pan them yeah like that's really neat yeah that could um, be cool it's a very good i think it's a very good monster just for like in a cat like a warlock's hideout or whatever yeah, like, uh, good... like they do some summoning or whatever and the party doesn't see the thing they summoned yeah Just yeah that's pretty of... good i like that as like it casts a spell and the spell is complete but you can't quite yeah. tell what's happened it's just kind of like okay <laughs> yeah yeah i dig that yeah I, I can dig that as like an ad monster and since this is a lower level kind of thing i can see this you know yeah like the wizard summons in a bunch of demons but you can't quite tell immediately and then 
or like you know you're in a big dramatic antechamber and then the wizard like takes out all the lights and now it's you a wizard somewhere in the room and then just a bunch of shadow demons there's it's like dim light in the in the place and you see like shadows are moving oh look it's our shadows but all of our shadows are moving a little weird yeah it's like oh no yeah i i dig that i also kind of like this idea is like um this could be you know if you want to do a demon campaign right from the start this could be like an early level way to get favor with like a demon lord right because this kind of breaks the demon economy of like if we don't get demons other demons won't get more powerful and then you know like so like we i kind of like the idea of like go kill the shadow demon in order to reintroduce their soul back into the <laughs> back into the breeding pond of demons huh because now like i like i almost like that could be an entire cool like adventure path like an entire campaign of like something's been destroying the demon ecology like the demon economy and the demons need to like kill sh- you know you, the the players have to go and kill shadow demons in order to repopulate the demon economy i was going to say do shadow demons turn back into shadow demons or do shadow demons just die i don't know the book doesn't say they exist outside the normal abyssal hierarchy uh they're kind of like the sideways transformation it's not really like natural but i imagine like it's still a demon right like yeah, it's still and, categorized as a demon and so, they like, are formed when something is incapable of reforming yeah so that does sort of imply that they yeah. only get one shot at being i i kind of like i i i don't know i think it might be I don't know. I well, feel I like mean, it, like, as a shadow demon. Yeah. I do like the idea that, like, it's still inside the thing that it was before, and yeah. that, like, killing the shadow demon releases the thing it was It's like before. a speedrun glitch. <laughs> like, I'm gonna force shadow demon uh, in order to break the cycle. Can you Like, the party has, like, gone through their way to kill a shadow demon. They do it, and then, like, a worse demon comes out. Yeah. Like, a bigger, like, <laughs> more problem. Like, that would be pretty good. I like that. I do like the idea of, like, this could also be, like, a demon's gambit, like, right? Like, I'm sick of being in this weird site. Like, I don't want to be constantly transforming or being constantly at the whim of a demon lord. Like, I'm just gonna, you know, force shadow demon. Uh, so one of you guys imprison me in in something like this so I don't reform and then now I get my freedom. The demon is like, look, I'll sell my demon soul to a wizard and yeah. then I'll turn into a shadow demon. Yeah, that's kind of a cool <laughs> reversal too, right? Where like the demon sells their soul to a, to a wizard. I, I like that quite a bit. That's that could be fun, kind of funny. Yeah, that's yeah. a fun little turnaround. Yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. I think there's some fun stuff you can do with this in, in retrospect. I kind of like this idea of like, like this is the the secret way to subvert the demon the demon role, right? Like if a demon doesn't wanna do demon shit anymore and they just kinda wanna be their own entity, this is how they do it. Yeah. It's kinda cool. Yeah. Yeah. Kinda like a Horcrux, but for demons in a way. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Neat. So in terms of the mechanical stuff, the shadow demon is a demon. It's not undead. Ain't no shape changer. Ain't no aberration. It's a demon. It's chaotic evil alignment. Surprise. It's very weird to me that it's not like, even like, category fiend undead. Like, both. Yeah. It does seem a little weird. It does. It does seem a little weird. Because this is like, by lore, undeath for demons. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck it. Whatever. Yeah. I, that, that can be your ruling, right? Like, yeah. 
yeah, sure, why not turn Undead half work on this? It's basically Undead, uh, sure. Yeah. It's got a CR of four, making it, again, an early game kind of monster. Uh, and it's got a bunch of little tricklets and resistances and stuff. So so keep these in mind when I say that its armor class is below average. It's got 13 armor class. Its HP is pretty below average. It's got 66 HP. It's got the scary devil number. <laughs> uh, or at least, you know, two digit version of the scary <laughs> Most devil number. Most of the devil number. <laughs> Three below the sex number. <laughs> and then it's also got an average... Walk speed, float, I guess, like walk. It does not float, though. It doesn't <laughs> float. Like, speed. it can fall. Yeah. Which sure is can. weird. It can be knocked prone, maybe I it's believe. Like, yeah, maybe it's like a. No, it can't be knocked prone, but it doesn't float either. So it could kind of like. Yeah, I'm imagining it's like. um, I don't know. I feel like I've seen this in Kingdom Hearts before, where like. Yeah. It kind of just floats up into the sky, then you can knock it down, even yeah. though it doesn't have legs. Like a heartless that doesn't yeah. have legs. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, honestly, I feel like I've seen this whole thing in Game Hearts before, but I didn't <laughs> want to go true. there this You're early. Right. You're right. So it's got a run speed of 30 feet and a fly speed of 30 feet as well, which is technically, you know, slower than things will often get to fly. Uh, so it gets a little bit of a boosty, but not all that much. In terms of its attributes, it is got terrible strength. It's got a strength of one. It's got a high dex of 17, uh, kind of middle of the road, constitution, intelligence, and wisdom. I mean, I mean by middle of the road, I mean slightly above average. Uh, and then a little bit high charisma as well. Nothing nothing really big. I like that his strength is one. Yeah. it's incorporeal. Like a, yeah, incorporeal, ghosty. Kinda. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, in terms of saving throw bonuses, it gets plus five to dex, plus four to charisma. So, you know, the, the dex saving throw thing will mean that uh, again, as is so often the case, it'll be along with the resistances that it have, and boy, does it have a lot of resistances. Oh, yeah. uh, the the spell thing will not be working so well on this kind of demon. <laughs> but but once again, but once again, paladin yeah. will just yeah. yeah yeah. It's got a plus seven to stealth because it's kind of the creepy one, right? This is kind of like the rogue of the demon stuff right like i i realize that this is not like this will not this one does not play well with others mm -hmm. um but you know if you didn't want to deal with that part of the lore and you just wanted like the demon horde and it's an army and shit this would be kind of like the scout kind of creature yeah uh let's talk about its uh resistances and vulnerabilities because this right. is this is i think my favorite thing about this kind of demon it's got a lot of, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on but it's all you know sensible yeah right so like well, so, I mean, so the first one that comes up, it is vulnerable to radiant damage. It's a shadow demon. This is often the case. Yeah. It makes sense. Good. Logical. Like it. Yeah. In terms of its resistances, uh, it's it, this is kind of the thing that makes it defensively capable, right? So in terms of its resistances, it's got resistances to acid, fire, necrotic, thunder, and then the physical damage resistances from non-magical weapons, as you would expect. Uh, it also has a set of immunities. It has the immunity to cold, lightning, and poison poison you know being what we would expect so like you know it effectively for the most part is working with double hp um and, and this is kind of like at an interesting juncture as well where like I, I mean most of these seem to make sense right once you know what demons are about makes sense uh once we cut once you if you as the dm adequately telegraph that this is not a corporeal kind of creature the acid thing makes enough sense i can mm -hmm. see it being telegraphed properly uh, I kind of, I, it, it's got the resistances to non-magical weapons, but it's early enough in the game that like, 
you you might have like a couple right like you might not have a bunch of so like it's kind of threatening yeah uh but every you know you might have like a plus one broadsword or whatever so like this could be kind of an interesting way to make those those less interesting magical weapons feel good to have yeah finally yeah so so you know effectively it's kind of working with uh 132 hp rather than 66 uh i i and to my mind, it feels like most of these resistances and immunities make sense. Yeah, or at because least... most of there's there's a few thing a few times where D and D will throw like an immunity or a resistance that doesn't totally track. Yeah, we've had it before. Yeah, where like oh, why is this immune to being frightened? Yeah, okay. uh, but I think like <laughs> this is one of those things where it's like. Where normally you'd be looking for any kind of, like, thing on a creature to be like, well, I think it should be resistant to this. It seems like the designers here did that. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're like, let's see, it's incorporeal. It couldn't take nerve damage from lightning. Yeah. It doesn't, it's not cold. It Cold does nothing. Yeah. Poison, well, that just makes sense. Yeah. And then they were like, well, acid, well, it could eat into the floor that the thing is on. Yeah, it seems like it's mostly logical, which is pretty much all I ask for a set of resistances. And since there are so many, and then also a vulnerability, it just is, you know, it's what I prefer, right? Like, we've talked about this before, I kind of like the Pokemon sense of 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 D&D monster making, where, like, oh, yeah. everything has its resistances, but it also has some vulnerabilities. And then you, when you're playing your caster, you get to be like, oh, I can use my brain figure out what spell is important for this kind of monster there is almost nothing more satisfying as a caster than finding a vulnerability yeah because that just like as soon as the dm is like it takes twice as much damage as you'd expect you're like ah light them up fellas (laughs) and it rewards the the thinking player so so i like that generally i like it in this case because it does this thing i like generally well yeah uh, it also has a slew of condition immunities where it cannot be exhausted because it's, you know, undead, sort of. It can't be grappled because it's ethereal. It can't be paralyzed because it don't have a body. It can't be petrified because it don't have a body. It can't be poisoned because it's a demon and it don't have a body. It can't be proned because it don't got feet, I think. <laughs> I think that's it. I literally think that's it. I think that's, instead of being able to float in the air, that's just what it they gets. They didn't give it a hover speed. They just yeah. made it immune to prone. Yeah, and then it can't be restrained. Because it's incorporeal, and I suppose it couldn't be proned because if it was, it would just turn into a shadow on like in the ground, right? <laughs> that would be kind of fun, <laughs> which you know is kind of true, right? So in terms of uh, so so it gets the ghost thing where it can walk through stuff, yeah. And I think that's kind of you know another logic point for it. We're like, how are you gonna can't can't yeah. knock it over? You knock like it that. prone, and then it just sinks through the ground into the next room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It gets the dark vision out to 120 feet that you would expect for a monster of this kind, right? Like a slinky shadow monster. Yeah. Uh, it has an, uh, well, technically above average. It has a technically above average passive perception of 11. Um, and then it gets the abyssal language and the telepathy out to 120 feet that you would expect from a demon. Yep. Yeah. In terms of its traits, it gets some some goodins. It gets the incorporeal movement that I mentioned, where the it can move through creatures and objects as if it was difficult terrain, um, but it takes 5 1d10 force damage if it ends its turn inside an object. Sure. That was always a weird way to balance it to me. Uh, just know. kind of like from like ghost lord perspective, but I was like, I don't know how else they would do it to stop DMs from just kind of having a ghost sit in a wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess that's fair. Just thought I'd bring. I don't. Know, I don't think I brought it up during the banshee when we talked. Yeah, about it, I, like, it makes sense. Yeah, like 
I, I also kind of like it from the DM's perspective of like, oh, I can survive X amount of turns. Yeah, that's Kind true. of stuffed in this weird, <laughs> like if we're fighting in a cave, the shadow demon could just like chill out inside the cave it's for like, this amount of yeah, turns. I can be in the wall for probably about three turns and then pop out where they won't expect me. Like, yeah, or something yeah. like that. And obviously, you know, we talked about this with Banshee where like, Obviously, if the monster can no longer be targeted by the party, the combat is done. Yeah. So, like, don't play keep away because it blows. Yeah. But uh, if, you know, if there's, like, a bunch of orcs or skeletons or something fighting as well, you could have the the shadow demon kind of fade in and out, and that could be kind of an interesting way to, to take care of it. Um, I also kind of like the idea of, like, sealing a shadow demon in, in the wall and forcing it to take the force damage. <laughs> right like it, like, you know, if you had like having like sunlight active yeah like, like wall of fire or something yeah. <laughs> that would be kind of cool uh that would yeah just kind of whoop put the cork in the wall <laughs> like, oh it goes into the wall it's Rrrr. like take the force damage or take this 6d10 radiant damage let's look well yeah roll the dice baby <laughs> and as well because it can pass through objects and whatnot you can put all sorts of clutter in the environment to help you know keep everything from rushing the the demon at once and hoarding around it uh so so there's some fun there where you, the the demon can play a little bit of keep away with its 30 fly speed uh which is just enough to to harass the the players while they're trying to dodge and weave around pits and stuff that the thing can fly over or pass through or take cover behind just literally walking through it yeah which could be kind of fun um it gets a vulnerability trait i always like those uh, called light sensitivity, where when it's in bright light, the demon has disadvantage on attack rolls as well as wisdom perception checks that rely on sight. I feel like we've seen this before. This is another thing that rewards the the thinking guy. Like if you have a thinking cleric, cast bright light. Ta-da! Now we've made our our lives significantly easier. Yeah. Congratulations. Take your take your easy fight and your experience points or inspiration or whatever. Uh, I also think that this could be baked in for, you know, Lord low magic parties where there are like brazers and whatnot along the walls and yeah. you is you, you gotta know. stay near the light yeah, yeah you can yeah you can stay near the light you can duck and weave if you know you're being overrun with shadow demons turns into like a survival horror of shadow yeah. demons or even like bait them around the these unlit places and then throw it you know make them come alight even with like prestigitation or something and that would be an interesting way of uh baiting and using tactics in D D. Lastly, it gets Shadow Stealth, which is kind of the opposite of Light Sensitivity in a way, where when it's in Dim Light or Darkness, it's tougher in that it can take the Hide action as a bonus action. Yeah. This is why I keep calling it like the Rogue of Demons, where like rogues, they can just hide every turn if they felt like it. Like the cunning action of ghosts. Yeah, the cunning action <laughs> of ghosts. Uh, and this is what makes the Shadow Demon threatening in early encounters where you don't totally know where it is it's hiding around you know i feel like we've never really maybe once or twice we've talked about like hiding in DD combat it's kind of interesting isn't it like it's, sight and how it works it's it's weird because it's totally arbitrary if you're not using a board yeah and like it's hard to convey on a board when everyone knows where everyone is yeah yeah it's a weird mechanic yeah it is a little weird. I I can't think of like I can't think of a great way to handle it though. Not off the top of my head. The it's like DMs have the advantage in that they can take their monster off the board if it's hidden. Yeah. But like as a player, but, like you can't do that really. Yeah, but <laughs> even then like mechanically when something is hidden, you just have disadvantage to hit it. Like you, it doesn't become untargetable except for like with magic, right? Like when something is is invisible, 
It doesn't mean you can't hit it. It means that you have disadvantage to hit it. Like when you make an attack roll, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, the y- you do have to be aiming near where it was is the thing. Like if you have moved and hidden and they're attacking where you were, like this is more important on a board. Uh, so there's got to be. So let's let's workshop this a little bit then. OK, there's got to be a fun way to, you know, turn D&D into battleship, so to speak. Right. Like. You know, I'm in square G6. Basically, yeah. I'm like, there's got to be some interesting way. And dare I say, like, you might even have to go full. Like, there are just bags of flour in the room. And clever players will realize you can chuck the flour on the floor to, to help find some, some floaty ghost tracks or something. Well, I mean, like, people do that. I've thought about doing that before. Uh, I like I like the idea of um, the... Um, the bag of ball bearings. Mm, <laughs> That's yeah. a fun way to flush out somebody who's invisible. Just yeah. kind of like pouring those in the room. Yeah. This um, is, there's obviously, you know, an extra layer to this because this, this guy can fly. So fairy like, fire. Yeah. Fairy, fire, I mean, like the, fairy fire takes the forever. one thing that that spell is yeah. good for, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. So I guess what I mean to say is be cognizant of that kind of thing. Like, feel free to throw in some environmental means of overcoming or, you know, turn it into more of a puzzle than not so that you're not just randomly guessing at which square has the thing yeah and like it's frustrating when the dm uses the hide action because then it's the same as like putting your monster in the wall yeah because it's just kind of like oh good we just just do nothing we do nothing for a turn until you decide to start combat again yeah i think one of these days we'll have a good long talk about how to handle hidden monsters in a satisfying way yeah uh and i think that is about where we go with it we're like telegraph that shit and put stuff in the environment to help kind of circumvent or because like the boring way is like make an active uh, perception check with your bonus action yeah there's like yeah it's like "Eh." okay (laughs) whatever yeah yeah there there's more fun ways to do it yeah yeah and i invite you to help us think of that at us on twitter (laughs) if you have a good idea as to how to deal with invisible or hidden shit Tell us how not to make this suck yeah in terms of its actions it only gets the one it's called claws uh, it does an average plus five to hit. It has an average plus five to hit. And it does uh, 10, 2d6 plus three psychic damage. Or if the demon has had an advantage on the attack roll, i.e. used its hide properly to hide in shadows and whatnot, uh, it does 17, 4d6 plus three psychic damage. Again, this is kind of why I call it the rogue, because it gets a little bonus damage when it is uh, hidden. The damage is quite below the threshold of a CR4 monster. I don't really foresee this being, like, a threat, uh, you know, by itself. I assume it's, like, I assume it's a little lower because it's psychic, and not really anything has resistance to psychic. There's no, like, character class things that give you psychic resistance. But really, at, at level 4, you're not going to be resistant to much damage. It's just say, unless, really. yeah, unless yeah. you're a barbarian or you're, like, a tiefling and you have resistance to fire or something. I, it is fun for me that this this is the one demon that can get through the totem barbarians yeah. thing because like yeah the the one thing that can finally take down the totem barbarian yeah again kind of making it like the rogue in that this is yeah. the thing that can take advantage of the party's weakness in this case psychic damage uh, which is which is cool I, I do like that I I don't under so like the, now we're at a weird crossroads where like this is the special edge case demon that doesn't come across often you know doesn't come up very often 
uh, but it seems very clearly built to be a part of a larger encounter, either with other shadow demons or with like a warlock or something, which kind of makes sense, right? Like it's if it's only created through mortal magic, then it makes sense that this would be paired up with a warlock encounter of some kind. Yeah. Or like you're d dealing with spells while constantly trying to, you know, keep the area lit. And then that kind of has a place for the warlock spells, right? Where the, it becomes like a battle of light more than anything else. Yeah. Where like, I cast light on this torch. Warlock casts darkness on that torch. What's going to do? <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, to me, this demon, like, looking at it feels, like, in addition to it feels like it, it it's kind of a, an add to a better encounter. It also feels like it was designed specifically for those spells that are, like, summon greater demon or whatever. Yeah. Like, like, this is the demon made to use on your team. Yeah. Just, like, it's it's not super strong, but it has, like, cool specific things to it. It's got a lot of resistances that make it worthwhile, but yeah. it's also interesting if your thing messes up and it turns on you. Yeah, but yeah, there's some truth to that as well, and it kind of has an interesting place in demon culture. Yeah, uh, which you know lets you kind of have something like a personality on this demon. Yeah, but it doesn't super seem like something you could turn into a a boss. No, no, it's definitely not a boss. No. And because of where it fits in the lore, where it's supposed to be this kind of rare thing, it would feel weird to have a whole bunch of shadow demons at once unless you were unless you were doing that really cool campaign plan where like somebody's messing with the demon ecology throwing the demon stock exchange into the demon toilet <laughs> speaking of the demon ecology one of the last things that it says in the the paragraph is that uh shadow demons like it's whispered among the demons that they have the power to create other shadow demons themselves oh. they just kind of reproduce themselves and I do like the idea of like one quarter of the abyss that no demons will go to because yeah. it's just a whole bunch of these it's fucking all the, the, the strange things. <laughs> the lower planes. We don't talk about the lower uh, planes. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I like that. And that could also be like a quest, like go clear out the lower planes or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Neat. Neat. Yeah. In terms of like, so like it's kind of more fun as an encounter than it is in 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 the lore to some extent, right? Because there's that that back and forth of like light and stuff. I, it's one of those, I, I like these, like, light monsters, so, like, this, and shadows, and ghosts, and I can't remember what else, like, vampires, where, you know, there's an extra, there's a way to disable the encounter, and the encounter starts to become about whether or not we can just turn it off as easily as possible, right, where, like, same with Abolis, where it was, like, way back when we were talking about how, like, this fight is contingent upon how much water is in the area. Right, yes. And there could be an interesting, like, meta struggle where the players are trying to remove all the water while the Abolith is trying to bring in all the water. Right. I kind of like those D&D &D encounter fights where, like, the the struggle is not about who gets whose HP to zero first and is instead about, like... The light. Yeah, can we get this entire room lit to just shut down this encounter while the warlock in the room or the demon itself is trying to, like you know keep us from doing that and it's the it's the long hallway encounter where the the hall is getting steadily oh darker man like in, you. like in section uh session nine yeah i know i think i know what you're talking about yeah <laughs> just it's like nice. it's steadily the darkness is chasing you down the hallway and the shadow demons are creeping along the hall nice i'm into it <laughs> i like it i dig it i'm down one more thing yes do you think it's weird well this might just be do you think it's weird that this demon doesn't this specifically this one doesn't have any spells that are like cause fear or something involving a a mental emotion condition yeah as it kind of feeds on yeah i would have yeah that would have been nice i would have liked it i i feel like i would have liked 
a, a bit more leaning into that kind of aspect of it, if only to make it feel like a more mythological folklorish kind of creature. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, I think I would have liked some some spell casting thrown on this guy. I it, it it makes me want like the high like a greater shadow demon that has these like darkness and yeah, you know, call it and fear and whatever. Because these... I don't want him to have like a ranged attack. Yeah. That 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 doesn't feel right. No, that doesn't that, for like the rogue. It doesn't yeah. feel right. To you need me. the claws. Yeah. It's real cool, but yeah. like. It does feel weird that he doesn't have, yeah, like darkness. He doesn't have darkness. Yeah. Or like cause fear or fear. I forget. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> weird, like calm emotions for some reason. Or I whatever. Don't know, just yeah. like some weird shit. Yeah. Like when you get, like, you know, if you're reduced to zero, you get calm emotions put on you as a curse for like <laughs> eight hours. That would be kind of fun. Uh, yeah. I would have liked something like that. But I also, I, I like this monster quite a bit. I would yeah. like, I. You know, as with all of my favorite monsters, I do kind of want like a boss version of it that is maybe not like legendary in quotes, but has a little bit more yeah. to it. A little bit more um, combat flavor. Yeah, or just like options. <laughs> the technical term, some stank. Yeah, I just want some more stank <laughs> on that demon. Not like the Hezro. That's stinky enough. <laughs> yeah, we have enough stinky demons. No yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, a good boy. Yeah. A good boy. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Tooth and Nail. If you enjoyed this episode of Tooth and Nail, feel free to leave a review of this episode of Tooth and Nail wherever it is you listen to it. If you did not enjoy this episode of Tooth and Nail, feel free to <laughs> go onto uh, nerdsmith.org and look at a great many other things that are not Tooth and Nail. In the meantime, what's a good creature comfort for this episode of Tooth and Nail? <laughs> I don't, you've got like a weird rhythm yeah it's uh what's that um <laughs> didn't uh it's powdered toast man from ren and stimpy remember how oh my god uh, Christ. this is gonna be a weird oh. poll i may or may not it. long story short um uh billy west who voices a bunch of futurama characters and also has a long and storied history including ren and stimpy uh the the genesis behind that character of powdered toast man was that he just wanted to make a character like an announcer-esque character <laughs> that put emphasis on the wrong words uh jesus yeah i might cut that out because i pull. i think i've even told the story wrong so what a pull um so great to comfort get a nightlight you know yeah get a nightlight whatever i honestly like i kind of like napping in the dim light like not mm -hmm. in the dark like i kind of like sleeping in the dim light yeah, it's kind of get, nice yeah that's why i used to have a blackout curtain but now i don't because i like the the, the little street light that comes in through yeah you know what i mean yeah it's nice it's comfortable huh <laughs> <laughs> have a good day bye